الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على شرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى عليه وأصحابه أجمعين وبعد قال تعالى أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنما المؤمنون الذين إذا ذكر الله وجلت قلوبهم وإذا تليت عليهم آياته زادتهم إيمانا وعلى ربهم يتوكلون الله سبحانه وتعالى mentioned in سورة الأنفال verily and indeed only those people are the mu'mineen who when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioned in their presence when the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes their hearts shiver with the awe and majesty and glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wajilat qulubuhum some condition happens to their heart some change happens in their heart وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ And when the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are recited before them زَادَتْهُمْ إِمَانًا Their iman increases وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ And they have tawakkul on their Rabb Jalla Jalaluhu My brothers and sisters I want to talk to you today about the relationship between taqwa and tawakkul those of you who are following the Fajr Reminders, we have been talking about Taqwa for several days now. And I thought we'll close it and close the uh, discussion with this reminder on the relationship between Taqwa and Tawakkul. And there's a third concept that I want you to keep in mind with relation to this, is that of Sabr. So, first of all, what is Taqwa? <coughs> The ayat of Surah Al-Anfal which I recited before you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing the effect of taqwa on the heart Allah is describing in these ayat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a meter to judge and see whether we have taqwa or not Taqwa is that state of the heart, is that state of the person, is that, is that state of the nafs of the person where a person is in connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where the person is connected with Allah jalla jalaluhu and as a consequence of the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being mentioned, as a consequence of the person hearing the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, some effect happens on the person. Now think about this, <coughs> that to be affected by what we hear, this is part of human nature. To the extent that how many of us here are, can say that we are completely unaffected if somebody curses us? <laughs> Almost nobody. Although you know, that if you take any of the curse words that are used and I'm not going to don't look at me expectantly I'm not going to give you a list of uh, curse words but my point is that we know that if you take the word itself then this word is not true when a person is cursing you and he is calling you this or that it actually is not true yet it produces a measurable effect on the body you can actually measure the effect your blood pressure increases your body temperature increases there are all kinds of physiological changes which happen there are emotional changes will happen and that word then makes you and me act in a different way so if somebody calls me a donkey and if I am not in control of myself, then I proceed to prove to him that I am a donkey. Although I am actually not a donkey. That's kind of philosophical. So the point is that to hear something and be affected by it, this is nature. Then we need to ask ourselves, how and why is it that we hear the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu, but we are not affected. 
Now you might say, well this is because we don't understand the meaning of what it means. But that's not true. How many of us here do not understand Allah Akbar? But what effect does it create now in ourselves? Can anyone measure anything? If, if people have attached instruments and electrodes and so on to ourselves, uh, do you think they will measure any difference in ourselves? If they hear, if somebody says Allah Akbar? We know from the seerah that Sayyidina Ali bin Abi Talib when he heard the adhan, he, his face would become white. All the blood would drain from his face. And somebody asked him, he said, what happened to you? Why, why are you looking like this? He said, didn't you hear what the Mawzin just called? He said, he called Allahu Akbar. This is what the Mawzin just called, Allahu Akbar. So why are you surprised that there is an effect on me? إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ The effect of taqwa. So what is taqwa? Taqwa is to know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jalla Jalaluhu is part of my life, is to be connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in such a way that there is an effect on me, physically measurable effect on me, physiologically meaning on the body and emotionally inside. And Allah is describing the emotional effect also in this ayah. And, and that emotional effect is Allah is saying وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانًا The emotional effect is what? That when the ayat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are recited before this person, it increases his iman. So there is a physiological effect and there is an emotional effect, both. Jism والقلب and the consequence of these two things is what? Allah said, وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ And these people therefore have tawakkul and trust and faith and reliance on their Rabb. وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ On their Rabb. Now again, these are the, the beauty of the bayan of the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used the word Rabbihim, their Rabb. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned his ta'alluq with the people. Allah did not say that they have tawakkul on Rabbul Alameen. Allah said, وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ On their Rabb. So let us do a quick self-test. And see what is the level of my taqwa in my heart. Using the measure that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given. And the best ayat to test the effect of the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the heart are the ayat of introduction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in his kalam. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyul qayyum. La ta'khuduhu sinatun wala nawm. Lahu ma fi samawati wa ma fi al-ard. Man zalladhi yashfa'u indahu ইয়ালামুমাবাই الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله والله أكبر الله أكبر ولله الحمد هو الله الذي لا إله إلا هو عالم الغيب والشهادة هو الرحمن الرحيم 
So what is the effect on the heart? What is the effect on the heart? This is for us to measure for ourselves. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that for the mu'mineen there is an effect on the heart. The mention of Allah Jalla Jalaluhu creates an effect on the heart. Wajilat qulubuhum. Wa iza tuliyat alayhim ayatuhu zadatuhum imana. Did our iman increase? Remember, it is not a function of the reciter. It's not a function of the recitation. It's not a function of the tune of the recitation. It's not a function of whether the recitation was nice or not nice. You're not listening to a raga of something. You're not listening to a song. You're not listening to a tune. You're listening to the kalam of Allah Jalla Jalalu. Remember that this Quran, the revealed word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is a recited word. The Quran was received as a sound. It was received not as a tahrir, it was not received as a writing. It was received, it was first heard. The Quran is the heard word. It was listened. It was listened to and it entered the heart. And this is the actual bayan of many of the Sahaba. They said, I heard the Quran and it entered my heart. They were not convinced by theological argument. They were convinced by hearing the kalam of Allah Jalla Jalalu. And a heart in which this condition is produced is a heart which is connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this heart and this person then is therefore concerned about one thing only in the world and in life, which is to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jalla Jalalu. This condition this concern of living my entire life that everything I say, everything I do and every condition of myself in my body, in my living must please Allah Jalla Jalaluhu this is the condition of the muttaqi the muttaqi is the one who is concerned about this and that's why Imam Nawawi Rahmatullah in the Muqaddimah of Ar-Riyadu Salihin He said about the niyyah He said Al-Izharu niyyah Fi kulli a'mal Wa fi kulli aqwal Wa fi kulli a'mal Wa fi kulli ahwal Al-Barizatu wal-Khafi He said the awareness of this concern For the pleasure of Allah Jalla Jalaluhu Fi kulli aqwal In everything you speak Wa fi kulli a'mal In every amal you do وفي كل أحوال in every condition you find yourself in البارزة والخفي whether this is visible and outside or whether it is hidden this is the meaning of niyyah imagine living your entire life with this izhar of the niyyah 
with this awareness of the niyyah that my Rabb should be pleased with me. This is taqwa. And what does this taqwa produce? This taqwa produces this beautiful condition وَعَلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ When the slave is so conscious of the glory and majesty of his Rabb then who else can he rely upon than his Rabb? Then immediately the slave is connected to his Rabb Jalla Jalaluhu in such a way that to him nothing else is visible except Allah Jalla Jalaluhu. I have mentioned this example earlier in another lecture of mine and I repeat it. Don't try this actually, literally, because it will destroy your eyesight. But just imagine it. That if you look into a thousand watt halogen bulb, and this happens to you, you may not look into a thousand watt bulb, but if you look into a very bright light, and then you look away, what do you see? The same light. Wherever you look, you see the same light. Because you looked into the light, now for a while, your eyes are so dazzled by this light that if you, if, I, if you look there, you can't see what there is, you can only see that light. And you look here, you can't see what there is, you can only see that light. Wherever you look, you will see Allah Jalla Jalla This does not mean that you will see Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and His glory and majesty because Allah is hidden. But you will see that you understand the glory and majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you look into the light, you can only see the light. You can't see anything else. So when the slave is connected to his Rabb Jalla Jalaluhu and when his heart is filled with the nur of Allah, then nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Whether somebody is pleased or not pleased does not matter. Whether there is, whether there is danger in the, in, in the eyes of the world does not matter. Whether the world likes something or does not like something does not matter. The only thing which matters to him is that light which he is seeing wherever he is looking and that light is the nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that light is the rida of Allah jalla jalaluhu. So the muttaqi is only and only concerned with the rida of Allah jalla jalaluhu. And this rida of Allah Jalla Jalaluhu is something that is that allows him to have tawakkul on Allah, to have reliance on Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Now, what is tawakkul? What is the benefit of tawakkul? Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala said, "Omay yattaqillaha yajallahu makhraja." In Surah Talaq, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala said, "The one who relies on Allah Subhanahu, the one who has taqwa, the muttaqi, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala will extract him from his difficulties." The one who has taqwa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will extract him from the difficulties. This is the benefit of taqwa, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove him from his difficulties. And that's why this taqwa completely changes the perspective of the believer. When the muttaqi meets a challenge, he does not get frightened. He does not get discouraged. He does not get disillusioned. His enthusiasm is not dampened. He is not fearful, he is not terrified. When he sees the challenge, he is energized. He is joyful because he says, now I will see the khudrat of my Rabb. The bigger the challenge, the more I will see the khudrat of my Rabb. Because my Rabb promised. My Rabb promised. So Ibrahim alayhi salam, the Khalil of Allah, Ajeeb Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yesterday I was making dua and I said, Ya Allah, your muhabbat and your love for the slaves, for your creatures, is 70 times the love of their mother. We know this and we accept this because this is what your Nabi informed us. But I said, Ya Allah, among your slaves are those who also love you who also love you and they love you more than they love anybody else they love you more than they love anybody else and you are the witness for this you are the witness for this because you said this what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say about the mu'mineen وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبَّ Allah said the believers are those who love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ashad more than anything else. And one of them, the best of them, the Khalil of Allah, 
was Ibrahim alayhi salam. How much did he love Allah? How much tawakkul did he have on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Can anyone measure the tawakkul of Ibrahim alayhi salam? Except his Rabb Jalla Jalaluh. What is the measure of the tawakkul of the man? Young man. Young man. His father threatened to stone him to death because he told him, do not worship idols. They cannot do anything for you. Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the father said, leave. Get out of my house. Or I will stone you to death. And then what does he say? When he is being thrown out of his house by his father. And not just thrown out, the father is threatening to Rajam, threatening to stone him to death. What does he say? He says, I will make dua for your istighfar. Helm. Ibrahim alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said he was halim. Very soft, very kind. Young man. He leaves and goes and various things happen and so on and so forth and eventually he finds himself sitting completely trussed up, tied up completely. Sitting in the cup, in the basket of a trebuchet, of a catapult, of a siege engine. They used to use these to throw missiles, stones and rocks and burning things into forts. So it used to, it, it could propel something from a long distance. And they had to use that trebuchet because they had lighted a fire which was so massive that they couldn't go near it. They lighted the fire to burn Ibrahim alayhi salam. But having lighted the fire, they could not go near the fire to put Ibrahim alayhi salam into it. So they brought the siege engine, they brought the tebushe and they put him into that, they trussed him up and then when they cut the rope, it flings him into the fire. Now imagine, this one who loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla this one whose heart has taqwa that only his Rabb knows how much it is. The one who, who has such tawakkul on his Rabb jalla jalalu, that only his Rabb knows how much tawakkul there is. And it is the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I am saying this because be prepared for this. It is not enough to state something. When you say something, you have agreed to be examined and Allah will examine. So when he is sitting in that trebuchet with, in, in the bowl, completely and totally helpless, all the forces of the world arrayed against him. A fire that he can see before him and the heat of which he can feel from here. Jibreel alayhi salam comes to him and says, Ya Khalilullah, tell me what can I do for you? Tell me what can I do for you? In that situation, is it haram for Ibrahim alayhi salam to ask for help? If I come and ask you, I'm a human being, I'm a, I'm a creature, living creature, if I come and ask you, tell me what can I do for you? And if you tell me, please do this, is it haram? It is halal, it is jayas, there's nothing wrong with that. Ibrahim alayhi salam is not going to somebody's khabar there to ask for, for a favor. Ibrahim alayhi salam is a, is a being, is a creature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ibrahim alayhi salam knows him, he is a rasul, he is a rasul. Jibreel comes and says, tell me what can I do for you? Ibrahim alayhi salam says, I must tell you what, I should, what you can do for me. You want me to ask you for help? Hello. لا نافي ولا ضار إلا الله إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين Jibreel goes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Jalla Jalla and of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is seeing everything real time. Allah knows. Jibreel says, Ya Zal Jalali Wali Karam Your Khalil is about to be burnt and you know this better than me. I went to him and offered to help him. And this is who? This is Jibreel Amin. Rasulullah said, when I saw him, he had 700 wings. And he stretched from one end of the horizon to the other. How can we even imagine the size and power of the creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Of somebody like Jibreel Just think about this. When Allah wants to destroy all creation, 
he will not use Jibreel alayhi salam. He will use Israfil alayhi salam. And he will not tell Israfil alayhi salam, here is an atom bomb, go drop it. He will tell Israfil alayhi salam to blow the sur, to destroy all of this creation. All the great forts and all the ICBMs and all the everything that we have, all that it will take is one angel to say, and it's gone. Come. He doesn't even have to touch it. He does not even have to touch it. All he has to say is, gone. So how much time and effort do you think Jibreel needed to put out that fire? So Jesus says, Ya Rabbal Alameen, he is going to be burnt. I went to him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked him, what, does, what did he say? And again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked these questions not because he does not know, but because he wants to establish a witness in favor of his slave. He said, he says he won't ask me. So Allah says, go now and tell him that I sent you. And that I want to know, what does he want? So Jibreel comes back and says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent me now to you. I'm not coming here on my own. I'm coming here from Allah Jalla Jalla. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to know what do you want from him. And Ibrahim alayhi salam says, my Rabb does not need to ask. Huh? He says, my Rabb does not need to ask. This is the peak of Rida bil Khada. Where Ibrahim alayhi salam is saying, Ya Rabb, if you want me to burn, I am ready. What do I want? I want what you want. You don't need to ask because you ask yourself. You ask yourself, what does my slave want? He wants what I want. You want me to burn, I am ready. You want me not to burn, I am ready. Whatever you want. And wallahi, when Ibrahim salam removed everything between him and his Rabb, his Rabb removed everything between him and his slave. And Allah then did not send Jibreel to cool the fire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to the fire. Ya nar, kuni bardan wa salaman ala Ibrahim. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserved this in his kalam to be recited till the day of judgment. Ya naru kuni bardan Wasalaman ala Ibrahim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have ordered Mikael alayhi salam to send the rain Allah could have ordered Jibreel alayhi salam to put out the fire Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have ordered Jibreel alayhi salam to pick up Ibrahim alayhi salam and take him away to Jannah Allah could have done anything he wanted but Allah did not do any of that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered Ya naru kuni bardan Wasalaman ala Ibrahim Oh fire cool down and become a source of safety for my Ibrahim this is the effect of tawakkul. This is the effect of tawakkul. But think about this. What are the people seeing? Do the people know all this happened? They know nothing. They know nothing. This whole thing is going on. This kalam between the Rabb and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hukam is going to the fire. Do the people know this? Nobody knows anything. The, the order is given, the rope is cut, the trebuchet fires, Ibrahim salam is flying through the air. What are the people seeing? The people are seeing Ibrahim salam flying through the air into the fire. The people think they have succeeded. They don't know what happened. They do not know the reality of what happened. They think they succeeded, but they do not know what happened. Until Ibrahim salam walks out of there, the only things which have been burnt are the ropes and he is free. The same fire which burnt the ropes does not touch the skin. Does not touch the skin. It burned the ropes, does not touch the skin. There was a wali of Allah called Abu Muslim al-Qawlani. Ali from Yemen. 
There was a man who declared prophethood after Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam called Al-Aswad Al-Ansi And this man was also from Yemen And he became a king there And he had a big army and so on And he declared that he was a prophet after Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam So people told him that Nobody will accept this claim of yours until Abu Muslim al-Qawlani accepts it Because he is the alim and people believe him And if you can get Abu Muslim to accept this Then people will accept your risala So he called Abu Muslim al-Qawlani And he was brought into his court And he said to him What do you say if I ask you that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the messenger of Allah, is the last messenger of Allah, what do you say? And Abu Muslim al-Qalani said, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad rasulullah I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the messenger of Allah and he is the last messenger. Then Aswad al-Ansi says, what do you say if I tell you that I am the messenger of Allah? Abu Muslim al-Qalani said, I can't hear you. He said, I'm telling you that I am the last messenger of, if I tell you this, I am the last messenger of Allah, what do you say? He said, I can't hear you. He said, I'm saying to you that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Abu Muslim says, yes, Ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. The man says, I'm telling you, I am the messenger of Allah. He said, I can't hear you. So he got angry. He said, you're making fun of me. He said, no, I can't hear you. So he said, burn him. So in this case, they tied Abu Muslim al-Qawlani to a stake and they lighted a big fire and they set fire to it. And the fire took off and a huge fire. And Abu Muslim completely was enveloped by this fire. And then Abu Muslim al-Qawlani walked out of the fire. And the only thing that was burnt was the rope. And when this matter was reported to Sayyidina Umar al-Khattab he said, Subhanallah. He said, I want to meet the man who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala treated like Ibrahim alayhi salam in today in our age in the Ummah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered the fire not to burn anything except the rope. This is the tawakkul of Ibrahim alayhi salam. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's tests do not stop. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders Ibrahim alayhi salam to take his wife and infant child. When he is in his 80s, when he got this child after years and years and years of dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered him to take him and leave him in the valley of Bakka. Barren valley with nothing there. And what is the effect of this taqwa and, and tawakkul? Ibrahim alayhi salam does not even ask why. He doesn't say why. He doesn't say what will happen to them. He doesn't even ask this question, what will happen to them? Nothing. He does not even make provision for them. Remember, just think about it. Allah said, go and leave them there. Ibrahim alayhi salam could have taken a caravan full of camels of all kinds of provisions. He could have left them there. He could have built a house for them there. We must think about these stories. When you listen to the story, don't just think. Listen. There is many things he could have done, all of which would have been halal jais. Nothing wrong to, to build a house for your wife and infant child. You are leaving them there. Nothing wrong to, to build a shelter for them. Why didn't he do it? He could have built a shelter for them. He could have taken six months worth of worth of food. He could have taken a year worth of food. He could have taken some animals and, and you know, herd of sheep. He had all of this. He could have taken, taken some herd of sheep. He could have taken some, some cattle and so on and left them there so that there is some provision for them. He could have done all of that but he did not do any of it. He did not do any of it. He left them there with a mashkiza, with a, with a, with a small uh, sachet of water and a small sachet of dates and he left them there and he walked away. His wife says, where are you going? Did not say anything. Does not respond. What is the tawakkul in the heart of the woman? Of our mother, Hajar alayhi salam. Where having asked the question once, she did not repeat the question. Asking the one question once is tabai, it is human nature. You have to ask, your husband is going away, you have to ask him, where is he going? But she did not repeat the question. She did not say, why are you going? What will happen to us? Nothing. She said, is this from your Rabb? 
Ibrahim alayhi salam did not even say yes, he nodded his head. And he's going away, he's not even looking at her. <coughs> she says then go. He says go. If your Rabb ordered you to leave us here, he will not allow us to perish. <laughs> he will not allow us to perish. Go. Which brings me to the third point of Sabr. Now what is Sabr? Sabr is what Hajra alayhi salam did. Here is this woman, the wife of the Nabi, the mother of the believers, the mother of a Nabi to be, who has the tawakkul to tell her husband, go. Your Rabb ordered you to do this, he will not allow us to perish. Then what, she sh what should, should she have done? My brain tells me, my intelligence tells me that she should then have stood in Salah. She should have then raised her hands in dua and say, oh Allah help us, oh Allah save us. Did she do that? I'm not saying she did not make dua, but did she sit there making dua? What did she do? She did sa'i. She made effort. She made effort. Whatever she did, did she make? She went up to up on one hill, Safa. To see what is happening, Any, is, there, is there anybody there, any provisions, what can I do? She came down again, the child cries, she came running down to the child, comforted the child, goes up to the other, other hill, top, climbs that hill, Marwa, goes to see what is happening. Did she do that once and leave it? Up and down, up and down, up and down. Until what happened? Until this sai produced the effect. And what was the effect? Jibreel alayhi salam was sent down. And the place where Ismail alayhi salam, while he was crying, he was rubbing his heel, Jibreel alayhi salam scooped with his wing and Zamzam was born. And then the rest of the story. But this Sai, this is the epitome, this is the example of Sabar. Sabar is not to sit in one place and make dua. Sabar is to make the best effort that you can make. With the tawakkul that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put result in this effort. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala liked this example of sabar so much and he loved it so much. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevated that action of his slave Hajar alayhi salam to the level of ibadah. Her action was made ibadah and her action was made a very specific ibadah which can be done only in that specific place, in that specific way and Allah made this the rukun of Umrah and Hajj. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made his anbiya do this action including Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbi wa sallam he elevated this running of the, of the woman up and down from one hill to the other hill the woman who is our mother Hajar alayhi salam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised that running that, that sa'i of hers that effort of hers to the level of ibadah to be performed and to be done as the rukun of Umrah and Hajj by none other than the best of his creation Muhammad bin Abdullah Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam this is sabr. Sabr is to do the maximum effort that you can do. The best of your effort. And then trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because this tawakkul is the tawheed of the heart. Tawakkul is the tawheed of the heart. Tawakkul is what negates kibr. Tawakkul is what negates the feeling that comes that this is my effort. This is what Rasulullah demonstrated in Badr. Where he went there, he could have made, it is my yaqeen and my iman and my aqidah that Muhammad Rasulullah could have sat in Masjid al-Nabawi and called down the malaika of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to deal with the army of Abu Jahl. This was, the, this was within the power of the Nabi. If he had raised his hands and said, Ya Rabbal Alameen, send your malaika and bring that entire army of Quraysh in chains here to my feet, his Rabb would have done that. But the Nabi did not make this dua. He went himself. 
whatever provision he had for the battle he took full command of that provision and he made full use of it the place to camp he took the advice of people what weapons to use who is in charge of which battalion who is leading what and so on and so forth and after making all the effort after making the entire sai what does rasulullah do he stands in salah he stands in dua he makes dua and he makes so much dua and so much dua and so much dua and so much dua that Abu Bakr Siddiq cannot take it anymore and he says Ya Rasulullah bus bus your Rabb will not leave you and your Rabb will not let you lose this battle And that is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu sta'inu bis sabri was salaa. Inna allaha ma'as sabirin. O you who believe, <coughs> take the help of sabr and salah. Allah did not say, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu sta'inu bis salati was sabr. No. Bis sabri was salah. First sabr, first effort, first sa'i. Then the ibadah. Then the sai becomes ibadah. First the sai, the effort. Today this is one of the big problems that a lot of young Muslims fall into. They become religious and they think that I now don't have to work anymore. I don't have to worry about my career. I don't have to do, I will just make dua. My brothers and sisters, this is not the sunnah. This is not the sunnah. The ambiya did not do that. So if you think your dua is more capable than the ambiya's dua, that's your problem. You have to make the effort. How much effort? Maximum effort. Do the best that you can do. Do the best that you can do. Why? Because it is the work of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalalu. Do the best that you can do. In everything I am giving you this example because I am sitting in front of you. Every single thing. The way you walk, the way you talk, the way you dress, the way you deal with people, the what you eat, how you eat, what you do, what you don't do. Everything. That is the essence of quality. Quality must be visible in every single aspect of your life. I'm, an, I'm a PCMM auditor. And when we, go for, when we go for a PCMM audit, you know why we start? We start in the toilet of the workers of that factory. We don't start in the chairman's office. We start in the workers' toilet. That is the indicator of the quality of the organization. It's not your, your, your quality statement. It's not the, fa the fact that you say you are a Six Sigma organization or you are a, a TQM organization or you are this or that. Your quality is visible in your action in what you normally consider to be the least important. Whether your shoes are shined or not shows the quality of you as a human being. Whether your shoes are arranged in the rack in front of the masjid shows the quality of your salah. Because if you can't even leave your shoes in an orderly manner, how can you stand before Allah in an orderly manner? What kind of salah will you have? You can see the quality of salah from the way the shoes are outside the masjid. The way you park your car is a reflection on the quality of your salah. Because if you can't even park your car with consideration for people, what, could be, what can possibly be expected from the quality of your salah? This is the meaning of quality. This is what we teach when we teach quality. Why must, why must the quality of Islam be any different? Why must the quality of Islam be less? If anything, the quality of Islam must be more. Because we are doing this for this dunya which is going to end anyway. But this deen of ours will, will continue with us, inshallah, mustaan, until we are free from all fikr and all, all tension when we are in Jannatul Firdaus Al-Arabi Ghairi now this is the connection between taqwa which is the connection of the heart and the whole being of the individual which produces tawakkul and, and what connects the two of these is sabr it is the effort that we make sabr is not to simply sit around for things to happen sabr is to do your best and then to trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalalhu which is the mean, meaning of tawakkul tawakkul is the tawheed of the heart which saves us from shirk. What is shirk? Shirk is tawakkul alal asbab. Tawheed is tawakkul alallah. We use the asbab because Allah has given us the asbab. But we do not have tawakkul on the asbab. We have tawakkul on Allah Jalla Jalalu. And that is why I want to end with the hadith of what is called the hadith of the 70,000.
Nabi sallallahu announced and he said 70,000 people will enter Jannah without hisab. He said 70,000 people will enter Jannah without hisab. The Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, who are the 70,000 people? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, these are the mutawakkilun. These are the people who have tawakkul on Allah. One of the Sahaba, Ukasa radiallahu anhu, he stood up and said, Ya Rasulullah, please make dua that I should be among them. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, you are among them. Another Sahaba stood up and said, Ya Rasulullah, please make dua. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, the one who has gone before has gone before. As-sabiqun, as-sabiqun. The mutawakkilun, they asked him, they asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa the quality, who are the, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless the Sahaba, Ridwanullahi alayhi majma'in and increase their darajat and be pleased with them and give them Jannatul Firdausul Ala and the highest stations in Jannatul Firdausul Ala be ghairi hisab. It is thanks to their questions that we have this deed. They asked him, when he said mutawakkilun, they said, Ya Rasulullah, describe to us the qualities of the mutawakkilun. Who are the mutawakkilun? And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said they are people who have reliance only on Allah and who do not use any amulets, any tawis. The quality of the mutawakkilun, he said they do not use any amulets, no, no threads and no things around the neck and so on. They do not use any tawis. I know there are Differences of opinion with regard to what kinds of ta'avizas can be used and ta'avizas which have uh, ka the kalam of Allah written in them and so on and so forth. I'm not getting into that. I'm sticking with the hadith of Rabbi Sallallahu Alaihi where he said, Mutawakkilun are those who do not use ta'aviz. Rely only on Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And think about yourself. If you can rely on the word of Allah written on a piece of paper, why can't you rely on Allah Himself? I ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala Jalla Jalaluhu to fill our hearts with His taqwa. To fill our hearts with the noor of his taqwa. To fill our lives with the barakah of his taqwa. To make us mutawakkilun and to include us among those 70,000 which will be entered into Jannah bi ghairi hisab. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu to enable us to have sabr in our lives. To make the maximum of this life. To do the maximum that we can do. To do the absolute best that we can do. To treat this deen as the number one important thing in our lives because that is exactly what it is. And then to give, to give this deen and everything to do with this deen the best of our effort. Not what we, what we, what we don't like. We don't give trash to Allah. We give the best to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The best of our time. The best of our wealth. The best of our talent. The best of everything that we have. Because we got it from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we present that to him, Jalla Jalaluhu, as our offering to him. Because we are fuqara and he is ghaniun hamid. And we bring this offering to him. Whatever we bring, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to complete it because he is Rabbul Alameen to complete it to take something Shay Naqis and make it into Shay Kamil to make a, something which is Naqis and incomplete to, to, to a stage of Kamal this is the Qudrat of Allah Jalla Jalaluhu we ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to take our Naqis Ibadat and to take them to a Darja of Kamal and to accept them we know it is there our Ibadat are not capable of being accepted by him but we beg him and say that Ya Allah we can only bring what we have and this is what we have so please take it from us. Don't reject it. Don't reject it. You said, you, said, you said to your Nabi, do not reject the sail. Do not reject the one who comes to beg. And there is no one who is a bigger sail than we are. There is no one who is a bigger beggar than we are. Because we have, we know, we have nothing. We have nothing. We have absolutely nothing. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take us and not throw us away because we are silent. We are people who ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to fill your lives with barakah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you the way he helped Ibrahim alayhi salam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help you from the ghaib. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect you and your children. To protect the ummah of this of, of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa To protect this ummah of Muhammad This ummah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu wa ta'ala. We are, we are, they need protection, ya Azal Jalli Malikara. Wa mazlumeen ya Rabbah alameen. Wa mazlumeen ya Rabbah alameen. Wa mustadafeen ya Rabbah alameen. You are Rabbul mustadafeen, Rabbul mazlumeen. Ya Allah, you protect them because nobody else can protect them. Ya Rabbah alameen. 
They are being killed where they are. They are being killed in their houses. Their children are being killed. Their women are being killed, Ya Allah. And they are being killed by people who also say, La ilaha illallah. Ya Allah, what a tragedy it is. What a tragedy it is that a Muslim is being killed by another Muslim. Allah. Ya Allah, at least let us be killed by those who do not say, La ilaha illallah. Let us not be killed by other Muslims. Ya Rabbul Alameen. The awlaad of Abu Musa al-Ashari is being killed. The awlaad of Abu Muslim al-Qawlati is being killed. The Yemeni is being killed. The people of Hawais al-Qarni are being killed. The people about whom Muhammad Rasulullah pointed out and said, these are the people with soft hearts. These are the people who Allah loves. Today they are being killed. And they are being killed by those who say, La ilaha illallah. What is a bigger tragedy than that? Ya Rabbi, Ya Kareem. Ya Allah, we ask for your mercy. Ya Allah, we are, we, we, we are in your house. We are your slaves. We are your guests. We ask you as our right on you, Ya Zaljalali Walikram. Protect them, Ya Allah. Protect them, Ya we don't ask for ourselves, we ask for them. Protect the people of Yemen. Protect the people of Sham, Ya Rabbul Alameen. Protect the people of Palestine. Protect the people of Gaza. Protect Al Masjid Al Aqsa, Ya Hazrat Ali Khalikram. Ya Allah, Ya Kareem, Ya Rahman Rahimi. You are the one who put this dirt into our hearts. You are the one who, are, you are the one who gave us this kalimat of dua. Ya Allah, accept this dua because this is being done with the khudrat that you have given us. We do not have the kalimat, we do not have the khudrat. We ask in, your, in, in the name of your mercy we ask in the name of your of your grace we ask in the name of your your majesty Ya Rabbul Alameen, protect the Muslims, Ya Jalali Walikram, protect their Izza, protect their, their Hurmat, protect their, their, their Iman, protect their Taqwa, Ya Rabbul Alameen, and enter them, keep them in Khair in this dunya, and enter them into Jannatul Firdaus Al-Ala Bighayri Hisab, wa sallallahu ala nabiyil kareem, wa ala alihi wa ashabi ajmain, bi rahmatika ya rahman rahimin, wa alhamdulillahi Rabbul Alameen.